breaking down the Gophers 2023 schedule. Is it as scary as it looks? We'll talk about it today. You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. However it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week. Now, folks, I know these last two days, there haven't been a show and you're like, Kane, what is happening? Look, the work, the day job has been on the grind. Two major conferences I went to this week, so It's been a little bit slow, but we're going to make up for it. We got you covered today, and I'm going to add a Saturday show tomorrow to make sure we've got that Gophers goodness coming at you. So be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the daily content, and we'll be back at it going strong again next week. And then if you're listening on audio platforms, be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you get the podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Apple Pods, you name it. We got it for you over there. Just find us at Locked On Golden Gophers. Now, today we are talking about the Minnesota Gophers 2023 schedule. Now, it's been amped up. It's been really kind of warning signs have been flashing for fans of the Gophers with how difficult it is, how much it is going to be a challenge. Some people are already like, oh, we're only going to win six games, but I think there is some hope in there. There is some things to maybe be concerned about. We're going to break it down today, though. We're going to talk about the pass-heavy versus the run-heavy teams that are on this schedule. We're going to talk about a predictions model from Kelly Ford on today's show. I'll bring the show. If you want to see that predictions model, we'll have it up on the screen over at YouTube. So another reason that it's great to follow over on that channel. And then finally, we are going to talk about the key games on the season, trap games, low spots, games that will make or break what this Gopher season will be seen as. We're going to talk about all that today. It's a whole lot to talk about, so let's jump in right away with that breaking down of the pass-heavy versus the run-heavy attack teams. Now, when you're looking at the Gophers' schedule in general, I kind of break it into four quarters. And you know what? It's kind of ironic because there's four quarters in a football game, but that's kind of what this schedule presents. And the first quarter is the longest. You're talking about five games in that first quarter, Nebraska, Eastern Michigan, UNC, Northwestern, and then Louisiana Lafayette. Now, those five games make up the first quarter of this season when it comes to how um the tearing out of the season that's not literally like the first quarter the first 25 percent of the season it's obviously more being five games but if you look at these five teams these five opponents these are all winnable games for the gophers the gophers could start this thing off thriving they could start it off five and oh heading into a major game six with michigan but Before we get into that, let's talk about these first five games. Now, pass heavy versus run heavy. When you're looking at it, Nebraska could be more of a question mark because they have a new coach in town. Don't necessarily know what he likes to do. I try to take a look at his time with Temple and also with Baylor and the percentage of total yards that came from passing versus running. Now, typically, when you're a more run heavy team, you'll either have 
uh, more than 50% of your passing or total yardage being rush yards, but that's pretty rare. Even if run heavy, heavy run teams, besides the passing academies, besides previous Wisconsin and besides previous Minnesota schools like that, you don't see more rushing yardage in the total yardage than you do passing. And that's even with the teams that are more run heavy. So Matt Rule, his team seemed to be a bit more balanced. 2015, 59% of his passing yardage came from passing, 59%. So that's when you're a pass-heavy team, you're seeing more around the 65-plus percentage coming from passing yardage. Otherwise, you're seeing more balanced teams between about 64% to let's say 60%, that's more of the balanced attack teams have about 60% to 64% passing yardage of their total yardage. And then finally, 50 and above for passing yardage, 50 to 59% passing yardage. Typically, those are teams that like to run the ball more. Now, why could a running team have more passing yards? Why would they be in that 51 to 59? Well, because game uh, game management, game uh, where you're at in the game is trying. what I'm trying to say. I can't think of the word off the top of my brain, but if you're down multiple scores, you're going to have to pass the ball even if you are a running team. If you have to get a third and long or things like that, a lot of those teams are still going to pass the ball. So running heavy teams still pass the ball quite a bit, but that's how I want to kind of break those percentages down for you. Now, when you look at Matt Rule in 2015, he had a 59% for passing up. Uh, 59% of their total yardage was passing yardage. 2016, 57% of their total yardage was passing. So they were more run heavy in those two years, and that was with Temple. Then you go over to the final year of Temple and then into the Baylor years, and you're seeing – actually, these might all be the Baylor years. You're seeing a ton of passing on that side. You're seeing 71% of the passing or total yardage came from passing in 2017, 63% came for it in 2018 and then 61% in 2019. So you're talking about a pretty balanced. Now there's some years where it's closer to run heavy, some years where it's closer to pass heavy, but overall he keeps tends to keep it pretty balanced and keep teams not knowing what's going to happen. He's more focused on speed and athleticism. And so wherever that's coming from, hopefully he has it at all positions. That's how he likes to balance the attack. So I think overall Nebraska is more of a balanced scheme. You move into Eastern Michigan last year, they had 61% of their total yardage was passed, which means they're more in that balanced range as well. UNC is a pass heavy team. Probably the first pass heavy team that North or Minnesota will see on their schedule is North Carolina. Now, 65% of their total yardage was from the pass game. And then you add on top of that, you've got Drake May. You've got um, a Heisman candidate level quarterback. The quarterback that people are right now talking about, the number two quarterback off the board in the 2024 NFL draft. So there is a lot right there to work with. You know he's going to be slinging the ball. You know he's going to be passing. So he is going to be the first challenge for Minnesota. Then you move on to Northwestern, more balanced. Louisiana, I believe, is more balanced, but leans towards the run heavy. Now, Minnesota will find success against the run heavy and the more balanced teams, I think. But the pass heavy teams is where the concerns come in due to the 
what was a shallow room in the cornerbacks, but now you just don't know what you're going to get until we actually get on the field or get more reps with them in the fall with the new corners coming in. So those are kind of the ways that first quarter of the season breaks down. Then you move into that second quarter, only two games in that second quarter for me. We got Michigan and you got Iowa. Now these are two some two big hitting games for Minnesota, both rivalry games, both trophy games. Luckily, there is a bye week in there, which we'll discuss a little bit later on the show. But Michigan tends to be more run heavy, though I wouldn't be surprised after what we've seen from J.J. McCarthy. They kind of tested him out in situations, big game situations, late down the season last year, and he showed up. Now, they didn't get out of the first round of the playoffs, but he was the only thing really keeping them in the hunt with Blake Corum down, with uh, TCU really trying to play the run and stop the run and forcing J.J. McCarthy to show he could sling that thing, and he did. They just came up a little bit short. Iowa, we know, loves to run the ball. But, again, they brought in Cade McNamara. They brought in now Caleb, uh, I want to say Caleb Johnson. It might be Caleb Brown. Or both. They have Caleb Johnson at the running back. They've got Caleb Brown coming in from Ohio State receiver. They've got Eric All coming in of Michigan's tight end. you got Luke Lachey, a tight end, who showed he can ball out last year. So they have the weapons to be a passing team, but they still got Brian Ferentz holding them back. So we'll see what happens with Iowa on that front. Both of those two teams more run heavy, but they have the ability to pass. I would count them more towards balance because they will do whatever the opponent is not stopping. Then you head into quarter three of the year. Now you're talking your Michigan State, Illinois, and Purdue. Now this this quarter right here, these should all be winnable games, but they're also games that could be overlooked in my opinion. So you're talking about Michigan State with 68% of their total yardage came from the pass in 2022 last year. But in 2021, 59% came from the pass in 2021. So much more run heavy in 2021. Now, that just shows Mel Tucker really switches it up with what his personnel can do and what the strengths of that team are. So Kenneth Walker was a major part in 2021 and why they ran the ball so much because he was so effective and an absolute baller on the ground. Then they leaned more on Peyton Thorne, more on Keon Coleman, Jaden or Jaden Reed when he was healthy. Um, it was, so it's a total crapshoot what we're going to get from Michigan State heading into this next year because all those players I named, every single one of them, Kenneth Walker, Peyton Thorne, Keon Coleman, Jaden Reed, they're all gone. They all have moved on to the NFL, transferred to other schools, and it's really a crapshoot what we're going to get from Michigan State. No idea, but it is an absolute winnable game. Illinois, they tend to lean more run heavy, though they do have Isaiah Williams, who is a talented wide receiver out there. They've got in a new quarterback, so who knows what Brett Bielema wants to do, but I think overall he likes to be on the more run-heavy side. We've seen that in his time with Wisconsin. We've seen it now with Illinois, especially with Chase Brown last year. So we're going to count them more run-heavy in this year's schedule. And then you move on to Purdue. Now, Purdue could be a crapshoot. Huge new new coach coming from Illinois, so you would think run-heavy. But then you take a look at the offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell, who was offensive coordinator for USC in 2019, 2020, and 2021. And then he was the offensive coordinator for West Virginia last year. Now, if you break those down, 2019, 74% of the total yardage came from passing for USC. 2020, 77% of it came from passing. And then 67% in 2021 with USC. So he was absolutely throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. 
Now, in 2022 with West Virginia, it was down to 57% of the yardage came from passing. So that team was a lot more run heavy. So definitely more pass heavy teams in his time. I think he leans more towards the pass heavy side, but he is capable of having a more run heavy team. I think with what Carroll has done at USC, plus the addition of Hudson Card and them really going out trying to get a quarterback who has high experience in power five programs. I think they're showing they might want to sling the rock more. So I would lean uh, pass heavy for Purdue. And then the final quarter of the year, you're talking Ohio State, you're talking Wisconsin. That's the final tier, the final quarter for me. Two games, huge games for the Gophers, and both of them will be pass heavy. So that if you're talking about that, you're talking about one team with some of the best receivers, probably the best receivers in the entire country, and then another team that's bringing in a new offense coordinator that absolutely wants to play a more air raid style. They brought in a quarterback who absolutely loves to throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. Now, Braylon Allen is still going to get his touches at Wisconsin, but overall you can see they're wanting to play more pass heavy. So if you're looking at all that, you can see we're going to need the cornerbacks to play at a high level because we play at least four teams that will be more pass heavy. And then on top of that, teams that are in that balanced area, Michigan, uh, who else was I on there? Nebraska could be more balanced. Um, Eastern Michigan, more balanced. Iowa could play more balanced depending on what they do with this new talent that they have so overall the golfers are going to have test their challenges for their cornerbacks the cornerbacks are going to get tested but next we're going to take a look at an interesting uh, prediction model from kelly ford i saw it over on twitter that they made for the gopher season um now this in-depth predictions he's the uh, kelly ford's been doing for multiple years now it's a pretty interesting thing i'm going to bring it up on the screen so you can see the breakdowns of what they have the gophers winning this next season the percentages the odds and much more we're diving into that coming up next First, I want to talk to you about our friends, new friends over at Bird Dogs. Now, Bird Dogs, they've got shorts, they've got pants, and they look real nice. This, look, I was tentative. I'm seeing all these ads on Instagram or uh, on Twitter of all these shorts and new pants that you got to try out. They make your body look good. They fit nice. They're comfortable. And I'm like, okay, sure. Like, it's just an advertisement. That's how they get you, right? Then I started wearing these bird dogs. Look, I got two pairs of bird dog shorts and I'm telling you, they are absolutely the most comfortable shorts I own, especially when you're talking about shorts that you wanna be able to wear out the versatility of them. You wanna wear it to going out with friends, to a sporting event. You wanna wear it to uh, the golf course. You wanna wear it to work. The versatility, they look nice. They look like they could go with a polo. You could throw on a jersey with it, whatever you wanna mix it up with, comfort. Pure comfort. I've worn it to work. I've worn it on the golf course now, and I've had no issues with wedgies or uncomfortability. I'm telling you, I forget that I am not wearing athletic shorts or something nicer because it actually feels nice. I'm telling you, take my word for it right now. Comfortable, versatile, and they fit nice as well. All you have to do is go to birddogs.com slash locked on, and when you enter the promo code locked on college, they're going to throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. So not only do you get the comfortability with the shorts, but they're going to throw in a nice tumbler for you as well. Again, go to birddogs.com slash college and use promo code college to be able to get 
advantage of that free tumbler as well. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. Head on over to birddogs.com today. All right, Gophers, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Golden Gophers and making us your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. Now, we're going to talk about this predictions uh, modeling from Kelly Ford today, and I appreciate all the everydayers that's happened. I've seen some of the the requests down in the comments over on YouTube, and I'm telling you, we're going to talk about those things coming up in this week and next week's show. One uh, everydayer had talked about how is PJ going to... uh, play with the tempo this year is he going to continue to want to play slower tempo or is he going to continue to try to pick it up even if this is going to be a more pass heavy team let's we're going to talk about that coming up in this week actually probably next week tomorrow we're going to talk about the new commit for the gophers in the 2024 class but if you want to find out this and so much more definitely make sure you are an everydayer hit subscribe and tap into the show each and every day But let's talk about Kelly Ford's prediction model because they've got the Gophers in an interesting position this year, and I want to talk more about it. So here it is. I just pulled it up. If you're not seeing it over at YouTube, you or if you're not listening over at YouTube, you won't be able to hear it, but I'll try to do my best to describe it. So what Kelly Ford's prediction model has done is it's taken the gopher schedule it breaks it down and gives you a line for every single game this season it gives you the opponent it ranks not only their their rank from kelly ford's opinion their offensive rank in the country and their defensive rank in the country but also gives you a win percentage on each game so you go and you look through these games we've got nebraska we have a 72 win percentage for minnesota eastern michigan a 95 win percentage they give minnesota a 38 win percentage against north carolina then northwestern we're seeing an 81 percent win percentage and louisiana we're seeing an 88 win percentage so this model shows that they think the gophers are going to likely go four and one in that first quarter that we had talked about now i do think that north carolina game is winnable we'll dive in deeper details this offseason on why i think that and we'll use a whole show to talk about that north carolina matchup because i do think it is going to be a key one on the year but you're talking about four and one or five and oh potentially heading into that second quarter of the season which is huge now the second quarter is michigan and iowa in my opinion but you've got michigan at 18 percent win rate or win percentage for minnesota and then iowa at a 42 percent win percentage for minnesota so those two games they're tough ones for minnesota if if we take these percentages to heart that means the gophers could start off four and one but then end up four and three after we get out of week eight. So that could be a huge, tough turn for Minnesota moving from there. But then they've got three games that they should come out on top of in Michigan State, Illinois, and Purdue. That brings you back to seven and three. And you're looking at seven and three with two huge games to close out the year, Ohio State and Wisconsin. Now, Ohio State, we have a 5% win percentage in this model. And then Wisconsin, we have a 47% win chance. So that is about a toss-up of 50-50, a coin flip there. So you're talking, you're heading into the last game of the year, and you're talking about having Minnesota at 7-4 and four with a coin flip matchup against Wisconsin. Now, that really could be realistic. I could see it happening. But... I think that a lot of these games overall, you're talking about your Iowa's, it's closer closer to the coin flip, something that's actually winnable. North Carolina, it's still a winnable game. So the two games that they've really taken us out of the hunt in is Michigan and an Ohio State game. 
Now, if Minnesota, you got to take into context on this one. If Minnesota is 5-0, and if we beat North Carolina and we're 5-0 and at home versus Michigan and the bank is going crazy, I think Minnesota can keep themselves into a game. We saw teams hang around with Michigan last year and then late in the game start to lose it and Michigan pulled away. But pe- different Big Ten teams really stuck in there with Michigan last season. Now, I definitely think they can do that again this year. And I think Minnesota, if they're 5-0, and feeling themselves, thing are, things are clicking, you're at home, anything can happen there. So I would maybe bump that up higher than the 18% that we got in there. But who knows? But the greatest thing after that is you have a bye week before you head into that back half of the schedule. Now, if you take a look on the right side of the screen, you're going to see the realistic expectations and the percentages. And right now, the highest range of wins for the Gophers next season is six through eight. That's kind of where they got it. And that kind of matches the Vegas lines that we've seen. We've seen a six and a half and we've seen a seven and a half. Those seem to be the sweet spot. Seven and a half is really the sweet spot. I think the highest percentage right here, we've got seven wins at 27% and they've got eight wins at 20% and six wins at 23%. So you're talking about that six to eight win range is definitely in favor of the Gophers this next year. Now, where Kelly Ford's prediction model has the Gophers ranked not only in the division, but across the nation, they've got them ranked 33 in the entire country next year with the offense ranked as 52 in the country and a defense ranked eighth in the country. Now, I would think that offense is going to tick up higher than that 52, but the defense could also fall depending on how this defense clicks. There's a lot up in the air on that front, but within the division, they've got us ranked third in the West. They've got us offensively the third best team in the West and defensively the second best team in the West. So if you head on over to that middle section, you'll see, because we play all the teams in the West, who is higher than us offensively. And this is what kind of threw me off with the predictions model is that they have Purdue as the number one offense in the West and Wisconsin as the number two offense in the West and the Minnesota coming in at the number three offense. Now, Purdue is ranked 41st in the country in offense. Wisconsin's 48th and then Minnesota is 52nd. Now I could see we we've talked about the hype of Wisconsin. We've talked about how they're bringing in Graham Harrell or not Graham Harrell, uh, Phil Longo, who came from North Carolina, who had them absolutely slinging the ball with Drake May last year. But I don't know if, so I can see why they're in front of Minnesota when it comes to the rankings on offense, but Purdue, that one threw me off because Graham Harrell, yes, again, has thrown the ball, but it's not like USC was absolutely lighting it up before Lincoln Riley got there. And that's when Graham Harrell's time was there. And then West Virginia, we're not even going to talk about with last year. They weren't an offensive dynamo by any means. So I think this 41 on Purdue is a bit high, but overall, I think maybe Minnesota is looking at the number two offensive rank within the West, which should help our case on this one. And then you flip it to defense. Iowa is not only the number one defense in the West, but they're the number one defense in the nation in this predictions model. And I'm not sure if I fully agree with that one. I mean, much love to Iowa. They're definitely a top five unit in the nation, but I think Georgia has shown us back-to-back years now, even after major departures in that first title run, they had new guys step up and had other players, some of the best in the nation, stepping up again. So I would definitely give them the crown at one. I'd probably still have Iowa in the top five, but this whole model is very interesting. I like where it's going. I think overall, if you look at the bottom left corner, you can see the 2022 expectations that Kelly Ford had was Minnesota would have eight wins, and they ended up having 
eight regular season wins. Now you can see the rankings from previous years as well. They had Minnesota at 21st in the nation last year, 26th in the nation in 2021, and 20th in the nation in 2019. So they've had some some decent consistency with how Minnesota has been seen. I think they're maybe being a little bit more skeptical on Minnesota in this next season because Tanner Morgan's leaving, because Mo Ibrahim, because John Michael Schmitz. And I asked Kelly Ford what what kind of put Minnesota down for you. And they had mentioned that they're, that those are some major losses leaving the team and a lot of unknowns heading into who steps up for it. So I don't blame it, but I can see where they're coming from. I think there's some, some leniency both ways, but I love to look at it in this format and I hope it was interesting for you as well. But what I want to do to wrap this show up is talk about the trap games, talk about the make or break games in this season. I'm going to leave the model up so you can see the schedule itself. And that's how we're going to close this one up coming up next. All right, Gophers fans. So I'm going to leave this model up really quick just so we can talk about some of these games and then I will kind of bring it down to wrap this show up. But let's talk about the trap games, the make or break games in this season. Now for me, the trap games are Illinois or Purdue, plain and simple. Now, what is a trap game for those listening that don't understand? It's a game that you absolutely should win. You'll be favored in. But if you are looking past them, if you're looking maybe to a future game, that's more a priority for you because they are might be seen as more difficult or a rival or things of that sort, then maybe you drop a simple game, i.e. look at Bowling Green, look at uh, Illinois in the past or Purdue last year. I mean, there are trap games every year and some people fall into them and some people do not. Now, last year and the year before, I believe we've definitely fallen into some trap games. Hopefully we can get over that this year, but I think Illinois and Purdue are those trap game spots this year. Uh, they're right next to each other. So that makes it a little more dangerous. But I think because you've got Ohio State and Wisconsin to close off the year, major games, and hopefully at this point in the season, Minnesota has only lost one or two games on the year, and you're heading into a final quarter of the year that is going to be difficult. Now, if Minnesota has somehow beat either Michigan or Iowa and one of the two in that second quarter and North Carolina, then I think you only have one loss heading into those final two games, and that's huge for trying to push for some New Year's New Year's six opportunities. But if you've lost to North Carolina and you've lost to one of those teams in quarter two, you're already talking about a two-loss team. You're fighting to try to get a 10-win season or better, and you're heading into an Ohio State and Wisconsin. You might be heavily thinking about it, and that's when you're maybe not thinking enough about Illinois, enough about Purdue. And those two teams, those two programs, always play Minnesota tough, especially Illinois with Brett Bielema. I think you're going to have to be all in and not not looking ahead. Otherwise, you can definitely drop those. So I think that spot right there in the season is going to be one that Minnesota should absolutely win, but could run into looking too far down the road. Now, when we're talking about make or break games, there are five of them in this season. I think you're talking about North Carolina. You're talking about Michigan. You're talking about Iowa. And then you're talking about the final two games in the year in Ohio State and Wisconsin. Now, North Carolina is the first big game that you have. It's the first big test. And again, that first quarter of the season, you could head into playing Michigan at home 5-0. and And North Carolina, I think, is the only thing massively standing in your way. Could Nebraska be there? Yes, but I think playing them week one, with them having a new coach and having a whole bunch of new things in, in process and you're playing them at home, I'm not saying that they wouldn't be able to beat the Gophers. I'm just saying that that is a whole lot of new 
on the road in the very first game of college. So I think that favors the Gophers on that one. Outside of that, Eastern Michigan, Northwestern, and Louisiana all need to be wins. Hands down, you can't mess those games up. So you're talking about North Carolina as the make or break in the first quarter of the season as you head into some difficult games. It's on the road in North Carolina, so the Gophers won't be favored, but I definitely think it is something that can be won. There's a lot of departures in North, North Carolina as well. They just lost Josh Downs to the draft. They're by far most productive receiver. They've also, I think Antoine Green left for the draft. He was their second most productive receiver. So they got a whole lot of new receiving cores, new pass catchers out there to work with Drake May. He's got the talent. He's got the legs to keep it moving on the outside. But this defense has been a strength of Minnesota's and they'll have two weeks ahead of this game to really get things going and juicing and the chemistry flowing. So I think that is key game number one. Michigan is obviously key game number two. If you beat North Carolina, you're 5-0. and You're probably ranked at that point, and you're playing Michigan at home, who is definitely going to be one of the top five teams in the country at that point. So a lot on the line there. Then you got a bye week, which is perfect. That bye week is everything for Minnesota because you're playing Michigan, but then you have a whole week to focus before you head on the road to Iowa, who you haven't beat with Coach Fleck. You've basically won in every statistical category for the past two seasons now, but haven't walked away with the dub. You need the dub. You've got a whole bunch of talent out there in Iowa, but they've still got Brian Ferentz on the OC, which is a positive for Minnesota. And so that game is probably the staple game in the middle of the season where it is placed, but the bye week is everything in helping Minnesota possibly have a better chance at winning that game that could be seen as more of a coin flip. Again, 42% in this model. Then your final two games of the year, Ohio State and Wisconsin. How you close this year is going to be massive. You probably need to take one of those final two. You want to keep the axe back home, of course. So it's at Minnesota. That helps. That plays in our flavor, favor. Um, I'm actually kind of interested now that the win percentage is – in Wisconsin's favor in this model because it is at home. A little bit strange, but by this point, Wisconsin should be clicking, so it's not too shocking that they're definitely in that race. I think those are your five games, the key games of the season. You need to walk away. If you want to be a higher bowl consideration, you have to walk away with probably four wins in those five games, maybe three wins, and you can still sneak into something, but that means Say if you win three of those and you drop Ohio State and Michigan, but you win the other three, you're probably still getting in consideration for some of the better, higher quality bowl games. If you win four of them and you take down Michigan, and you take down Ohio State. I think you're talking New Year's six bowls. I think you, you walk out of this with one loss. You're talking New Year's six for sure. So is it possible? Uh, it's going to be tough. It's definitely going to be tough. You've seen why this schedule overall can uh, worrisome folks, but I think overall the Gophers are going to be better than what teams think. Now, if I had to go with my gut, we'll do an actual prediction show later in the year, but if I had to go to my gut right now, I would say that the Gophers walk out of this thing with a wins. I do. I think seven is probably the line. Seven and a half is that perfect line that we've seen from our friends at FanDuel, but seven and a half is perfect. I think you, I could see him at seven. I could see him at eight. If all things are going wrong, I could see them at six. I do think they will be a bowl-eligible team, but this this schedule, you can see why it's daunting. Uh, ESPN gave them the number two or number three most difficult schedule in the country. But with a hard schedule comes potentially 
better expectations moving forward. Now, you've got a young team. 2024 could be the year that everyone's starting to peak out. We've talked about that with Ryan Burns on the show earlier. So if you can walk out of your most difficult, a top five difficulty schedule with eight wins, you can see the improvements. Now, people are going to be like, we've won eight games, nine games these last couple of years. Yes, but now we have a top five schedule. So if you can walk away with eight, nine wins, that's big. That's big. It shows consistency in the. Re- it should help in the recruiting games as well. That's gonna do it for us on today's show. I hope you like this. Let me know what you thought of that model. What you agreed with. What you didn't. If you liked being able to see it over on YouTube, let me know in the comments. I appreciate you guys listening and tapping in each and every day. Uh, I will see you tomorrow. We're gonna have a Saturday show and we're gonna talk about something football related i haven't necessarily honed in on it yet but we'll be in here tomorrow i'll see you then row the boat sky you might go gophers and subscribe on youtube